Welcome to the Untaming Femininity Podcast. I'm Igena Gerasi. And I'm Sam Allen. And we believe that untamed women are real and powerful. Our podcast is all about inspiring curious women like you to speak and live your truth and to express your femininity on your own terms. Tune in for your weekly dose of depth, lightness and heartfelt shares. Here's to another episode and here's to another story of truth. And we are so honored and happy to have our Iguana sisters, Joanna Cotton. And Joe is first and foremost a mother, a daughter, wife, sister, and fun auntie. She is also leadership coach, facilitator, and coach trainer. In 2020, she co-founded the Do Good Collective a social impact project that connects, inspires, and engages women who are hungry to make a difference in their world. Welcome, Joe. Very, very warm welcome. And thank you for being here. Well, thanks for having me. I'm so, I'm so a longtime listener. <laughs> very excited to be here with you. Oh, so happy you're here. My heart feels open already, just hearing you and seeing you on the screen here, Joe. And we know that your journey has been a lot to do with stepping into your full self. And I'd love to ask you, how did that journey begin? Mm, mm, great question. <laughs> um, I think it's been happening my whole life. I would say though, I, I'm really, you know, I'm 57, I'll be 58 in March. And I, I, I feel like my 50s have been really, sort of that's where it's really opened I I left my my sort of executive role I worked in in educational publishing for a long long time and you know I called it freedom 51 and you know stepping away from a corporate role to really I had no plans I just knew I wanted to just do something different so freedom 51 I got a cake and everything it's <laughs> amazing freedom how does that feel? How does freedom feel? <laughs> it felt great. And, you know, I've, I've now sort of embraced freedom is such a strong value for me. I don't think I knew it at the time. You know, I was very much indoctrinated as a kid, right? Like you, you know, you go to university, you get a job. I remember I went traveling after university and my dad said, well, like, what are you planning on doing now? <laughs> like, there was a, there was an agenda. And I followed that agenda for, you know, probably 25 years. And so when Freedom 51 happened, I, I sort of slowed down, walked my dog, did some yoga, and, and I took my first co-active fundamentals course. So I, I stepped into that, not knowing I wanted to be a coach, but thought, okay, this is some personal work. And to be honest with you, I had some identity loss. I didn't really know who I was at that point. So it, it took a while. <laughs> yeah. And how was it to be with that sense of loss of identity at the time, Joe? It was, it was scary. It was scary. I remember, you know, they, they ask a question in, or in fundamentals, who are you? Simple question. What, what do you do? And at that point, you know, I'd always had it down. I'm this, I'm a vice president, blah, blah, blah. And suddenly it was, I don't know who I am. I, I actually don't know. So at that moment, 
pretty, pretty frightening, yeah. you know, for someone who's always had always identified as something. As it turns out, I love the question now because it's like not who, what do you do or who are you? It's who am I becoming, oh, which is much I'm more interesting. <laughs> I completely love that because also being on that journey is very much, you get a different perspective of that question. Definitely. So much opens up and getting to know that self-awareness, getting to know self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So who are you becoming, Joe? <laughs> I'm becoming a well freedom is definitely I'm becoming a hell of a lot freer this whole notion of becoming more myself like a lot of a lot of women I, I, and I'm making big generalizations here I, I judged a lot of who I was in my younger years by how others saw me and I have a I'm a heavy sort of approval seeker you know my love language is words of affirmation so hearing from outside I'm doing a good job like I used to say you know, I worked in publishing. It wasn't a high-paying industry, but accolades and pats on the head were <laughs> all I needed at some times. And I feel like, and, I, and this is a work in progress, I, I feel like I'm stepping into every day, and it's not a linear journey of really, like, what's important to me? What's important to me now? There's much more of an inner, the inner accolades or the inner how am I doing? So I guess what I'm becoming is just more full of self-authority, self-permission, right? The words we use in leadership. As you say that, mm. I've got one hand on my heart and one hand on my belly. Mm. You took mm. me into myself and I felt like, ah, yes, relaxing mm. we are, you know? Mm. So what helps you to connect with your inner world in that way? Well, it's interesting as a sort of an an approval seeker, you know, words of affirmation, an extrovert, right? There was sort of this outer world. And it's kind of, it's sort of interesting because a a number of things happened in the last few years that actually have caused me to move more inside myself. The pandemic being one of them, right? Like two years of, you know, lockdown or whatever much it's been has actually contributed. I had a concussion a number of years ago and it ended up turning into like an eight month post-concussion syndrome. So I can't really describe if you haven't had it, but it's this feeling of mutedness. And, and really, I mean, I felt like I was in a fog for about, yeah, for about eight months. And so just went more within myself during that period of time went through a pretty big breakup with an old friend, which led to some loss of some friendships as well. So some external factors contributed to me going more internal. And what I realized through all of that, I mean, it was a hard time, but what I realized is I'm much more introverted than I ever thought I was. So now being on my own and having that time you know, walking on my own, journaling, spending time alone is that brings me huge amounts of joy. That's been like probably one of the biggest epiphanies of my whole life. And what helped you to go through that period and to reach to that epiphany? A lot of journaling, a Mm. lot of journaling that I'm a writer and I love, you know, writing through my feelings. Uh, I write every day. Meditation has become a big part of my life, for sure. Just, 
allowing myself to slow down for sure. Going through coach training through Coactive obviously is a journey. I mean, it's a self-transformation journey. And of course, the amazing time that we've spent together as a tribe oh, yeah. leadership. I mean, like that's like all of this was happening at the same time, right? It was all converging. So it's a little bit of self and a little bit of others. Like I, here's what I will say is I lost some friends in this journey and I gained some amazing people in my life who having these deeper kinds of conversations uh, has been, you know, such a such a gift right to be able to have these you know I don't think I was having these kinds of conversations before and we are so blessed to have you as a friend and as a tribal sister fellow Iguana <laughs> because you really do shine and you help others to shine Joe, in the process um, mm. and I feel truly grateful to know you likewise thanks Sam feelings mutual <laughs> Do you have like a mantra or a saying or a quote that kind of helps you to stay connected to that shining in you? Yeah, yeah. Well, there, there are a few. I mean, the Mary Oliver quote, what will you do with your one wild and precious life? I love that because I, I've actually been thinking about it. It's like, who will you be with your one wild and precious life? Because I'm also realizing that there's, there's so much more in the being side of my life now than the doing. So I think of that as it's a being and doing part. Mm. And the wild and precious part really inspire me because I don't know, it's, there is a wilder side to me now that I've I'm trying. I mean, it's a work in progress, <laughs> working to, to embrace. And I see the preciousness in life as I get a little older. I hear you, the being part. And yeah. I have confessed that I'm not very good at the being part. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's hard for me. Like, of course, I, I go into that being and definitely it's in my routine. But to have it for a very long time, I start feeling guilty a lot. It's like I'm letting down myself in terms of responsibilities. So to people like me, what would you say? I, I love that question because that's to people like me too, right? Like, I'm, <laughs> you know, I mean, this is a recovering doer, right? Yeah. I mean, I wish I could tell my younger self, like, just let yourself off the hook for God. Like it's, there's this sort of, and it's so ingrained in us, I think as a culture, I do think for women who are high achievers, I mean, I'm a high achiever. I want, I want to make an impact in the world. I always have. And so there was this feeling of kind of like, I got to do it. I got to do it. I got to do it. And this, and pushing myself. I mean, I remember staying up four in the morning because I wasn't going to hit a goal at work. And, and, you know, I look back at it now and think, gee, like craziness, let yourself off. the. So there isn't like, just let yourself off the hook. And, yeah. and trust me, it's a work in progress because I just want to say to all of this, I, this is a never ending journey. I have not got this all figured out. And when I, when I do take the time to just be, I feel it so much more in my body. I feel that alignment in my body, right? Like I have this, I can't describe it, but I'm sort of learning to know when my body is in alignment and when I'm not. So sometimes it's stillness. And as you all know, sometimes I love to dance. So sometimes it's just dancing crazy, but it's getting out of this part. And I'm pointing at the penthouse, the head 
I talk, you know, and just getting into the body that, that helps me. And again, I, I've seen you in your body and when you, that's oh, yeah. when I see you, right? Like that's when you're fully, fully alive and out of that penthouse part. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's, that's when I'm at my best. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And it can be getting out and going for a walk. I'm going to say not forcing, but allowing myself that there's a huge amount of allowing here that I'm working to embrace. Uh, funny enough, you said the word embrace, and that was going to be the next thing that I wanted to ask you about, because I know that a lot of this mm. has been about embracing. Mm. So what are you embracing now? And what do you want to embrace even more of? Yeah, yeah, I love that. I, I love that, you know, there's two words that I've been using lately is like embracing and emerging, right? It's just sort of this, you know, it's funny when I'm, when I'm, when I'm teaching or when I'm leading coach training, I talk a lot about it as really it's less learning and more unlearning. I mean, there's an element of we're born this way. We're born playful. We're born with all of this sort of wild curiosity and, you know, seeing the world through just innocent eyes. And we, and so much of it is just taken out of us through parents through school, through, expectations so yeah I'm, I'm 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 definitely on a process of unlearning and what does it mean to just treat every day like it's such a gift so there's a there's an element of that and what's emerging today so that's I, i've done less planning in this last year than i've done my whole life and and i'm a big planner <laughs> i'm a big planner and i'm loving it i'm loving seeing what what comes up and I want more of it I want more of it oh yeah <laughs> when you don't plan what are you trusting so here's another piece is of my journey is there, there's a spiritual aspect that didn't exist for me really two years ago there is a trust that there is a universal plan you know trust the universe and the more i the more i let myself trust that things are unfolding exactly as they should be the more things come to be it's it's a bit that's been a really interesting journey for me and i i really thank the Iguana tribe for this. We have many spiritual brothers and sisters in our group and learning from all of them and, and allowing myself to let go of perfection, of having to get it right, has allowed a lot of great goodness to come into my life. So not sure if I'm explaining it. It's hard to explain. It's a feeling. Yeah, totally. <laughs> no, totally. And what I caught in your confession now, it's the goodness bit, because mm. we know that there is a birth of the Do Good Collective during this pandemic as well. So tell mm. us a little bit like, how, how did that come up? Yeah, thank you. I, it's such a, it's a huge part of my life right now. Um, and, and I think it really actually is such a great example of how I'm living these days. So the pandemic hit 
20 March of 2020, at least in, in where I live in Canada and uh, another proactive coach who I, who I didn't really know very well, but I've always felt a, a draw. I'm very drawn to her, my friend, Grace, who you both met. We just said, let's, let's have a, let's have a zoom coffee and connect. So chatting about what we're, you know, how are we, how are we going to sort of spend our time? And this notion of, I, I, I wanted to work, run these women's circles and, uh, and I wanted there to be a, I didn't want it to, you know, just be, of course there's an inner, you know, an inner piece to it. It's, it's sort of like the, so what, like, what are we doing out there to make it, to make impact in the world? So we just said, let's just start it. So we started this round the table, we called it. And we had a group of women and it was about a journey of self-discovery, self-care. You know, our mantra for, for the Do Good Collective is you've got to do good. You've got to feel good. You can't, in order to do good, right? You can't serve from an empty vessel. So from this initial circle, this little project has emerged. And I call it a project because that's really what it is. It's just something that we hold very dear to, dear to us. We are on a journey of our own to do good in the world. And we do it through... Some initiatives that we run, and some of it is just about one conversation at a time, changing one life at a time, changing one mind at a time. So we run women's circles. We call them women rising events, and we're planning one, another one for December. We hold small circles on issues that are important to us. So I've just finished a, a circle for the last four months. Uh, with women in Canada, uh, focusing specifically on Indigenous, just really an unlearning around Indigenous rights and Indigenous history in Canada, which has, has been a big unlearning for, for many of us in Canada. And we're beginning a, an initiative in the next couple of weeks, focusing on the unhoused and the food insecurity within, primarily just within the city I live in, in Toronto. So we're going to be doing a, a donation drive around that. So it's been incredibly meaningful work, like incredible. And we let it unfold. We really let it unfold. So yeah. proud of you, Joe. You're doing so much good. And, you know, your presence, wherever you are, whichever room, Zoom space, in-person space, doesn't matter, is always so good. So that name just really lands when I hear it because you just have this quality in you that is showing up so positively all the time. It makes people feel safe, it makes people feel held, and it makes people feel like they can do good too. So um, you're, you're walking and talking your mission just through your very presence. Thank you, thank you. You know, I think one, one quality that I've always had is I, I am an internal optimist. I do see, I try to see the gift in everything. And I don't do it, like, trust me, interview my husband, interview my kids, they'll tell you something different. <laughs> and yeah, there, there is a, you know, there's a gift in everything, right? That's what I'm trying to focus on. See the gifts. Oh, that's beautiful. And what I see as well, there is a lot of courage in you to live, as you said, embracing your third chapter, to leave that safe space of safe place, safe environment, safe job to go into something of self-discovery. I think that takes a lot of bravery and, and courage. So mm. not wanting to go back, but still I'm very curious about how did you, or did something happen or what made you decide that now is enough? I wanna go into this. 
Yeah. Well, let me, let me first, I mean, I do want to preface it that, you know, that I have a certain amount of privilege in my life that allowed me to do that. And I am fully aware that not everyone has these circumstances. So, you know, Ren, Ren, my husband and I talked about the fact that I could, we, we could afford for me to take some time. So I just want to, you know, name that. Every sort of monumental shift I've made in my life has been a catalyst from something. I left publishing to go into a different industry after my dad died. And, you know, that was a moment in my life where suddenly it was a wake up call, right? Everything no longer was the same. I suddenly thought, why am I worrying about this sales conference I have to go into in, in January, right? So that was a catalyst for me. Leaving corporate life, I think it was a little less of a monumental moment. It was a steady, there's more, there's more here, there's more here, you know? So it was like, I, I think I would call it like a slow drip <laughs> was happening at that time. I think some of the things that happened in the more recent years around the pandemic has been a, Mm. you know, they're like, what are we doing here as a planet? There are people suffering. There's a planet in need. There's global crises happening. And who are we, if we're not doing something right? Like that's, that's the, what will you do with your one wild and precious life? Just one small way to make a difference. And no, no act is too small Mm. that I, and I get emotional when I think of that. Yeah, I feel your heart speak. Yeah. And I'm also sat here just wishing we were in the hot tub in the Masia there in Spain. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we had some good conversations in the hot tub, didn't we? (laughs) The place of truth. (laughs) Place of confession. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, just, you know, the hot tub is such a great analogy because, I mean, honestly, Sam, sitting in there honestly we we would sit in there for hours just there's something about not needing to be anywhere yeah right and just yeah confessional i i love those moments it, it's i used to think about when i would be in the car with the kids my when my kids were teenagers there's something about the intimacy of small spaces whether it's a hot tub or they're in the back seat of the car it's confessional space yeah <laughs> I love it. You know, in some ways, Zoom has allowed that too, right? There's, there is an intimacy. However, <laughs> there's a hot tub in our future. <laughs> I'm just remembering a moment oh, sure. where, you know, I sat next to you in the hot tub. There was a lot of stuff going on for me at that time, as you know. And you just looked at me and you knew, you know, I was really trying to kind of keep it all together and have a social conversation. And you just said, what's going on? We barely even spoke. <laughs> that hot tub was a place of much truth telling. And um, yeah, I'm remembering just how you saw me there and then in that moment without me saying anything. Yeah. I actually have the same. It, it's just like, I think you have this ability or talent that you see through people. It's like, no matter how much we're trying to, you know, keep that face and keep that facade, it's like, what's really going on? What's really <laughs> happening? I love that about you. It's probably because it's familiar to me, right? I, uh, and, and <laughs> I thank you. Thank you for that. 
You know, it's, it, it's, you're bringing something up for me. I think there was an element my whole life of really wanting to be seen, really wanting to be heard, really, really wanting to be understood by my family. And so this whole sort of getting outside affirmation piece was a, was, was actually a wanting to be seen and heard. And so I went through a lot of my early part of my life and I'll say my early part, like up until my fifties, trying to be something. There was always an element of trying to be something. I don't know if people would say that about me, but I felt it inside. There was a, am I being accepted? Am I fitting in? And I think that's something we all, we all just want to be seen for who we really are. And one of the beautiful things about the time, like we, we didn't spend time at the Messiah talking about what you do. And I didn't know what anyone did. We literally looked at each other and we saw each other and we continue to see each other. And those are the kind of relationships that I'm nourishing. I'm, that's the stuff that really matters, right? Exactly. So which parts of you, Joe, would still like to have even more airtime these days? And be seen. Mischievous <laughs> smile. Right yeah, I'm still, I'm still trying to get the wild part of the precious life. <laughs> I want more eccentricity and more sex, like, you know, type in my life. And, uh, you know, there's an element of, I, I, have an, I have an inner ally that I pull on. I, she's the hot mess. And I need more hot mess. So a little <laughs> bit of wild, wild abandonment. You know, it's, it's, it's years of de-programming, de right? From the, the good girl, the perfect, the, this is how you do it. The, the wilder my hair goes, the wilder I'm feeling, I guess, right? You guys have yes. seen with my... <laughs> I have this assumption that it actually gets easier with age, the, the more we grow up. It feels yeah. like that, that part of, you know, letting go and learning, Seriously. embracing the wild. For sure. And, you know, the older I get, the easier, like, it's a little bit like I, you know, Sam, fuck perfection, really. I love it. I, I that's the mantra for sure that, that I also embrace. And, you know, my, my daughter is 24, son's 27. I so want them to embrace that before I did. Don't wait to 50. Right. So that's the message to my younger self is care less about what other people think, embrace your wild side. I'm trying to model that for them more now. You know, I think they would say that their mom is definitely living more of her truth. I hope they would say that about me and work in progress, but keep trying, working on it even more. Yeah, does it ever end? <laughs> I don't think it ever does, right? Like, wait, wait till you see me. Uh, if this is third chapter, then 80 is going to be like, whoa, crazy. <laughs> <In a bike. laughs> a yeah, I'm racing a motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, there's so much energy. <laughs> Literally, I've got a massive grin on my face, and I, I feel very energized by being here today with um, all of us, actually. And I'm, I'm super grateful for that. And you just have this amazing energy about you, Joe. Where do you source that from? Well, this is giving me life, right? I, I, it's funny, as much as I'm, a, you know, spending more time reflecting on my own, where I, that is the extrovert in me, where I get the energy is by being with other people, for sure. 
the difference I think that I'm that me 10 years ago or 20 years ago is it's not just any people anymore. It's mm-hmm. these kinds of conversations really feed my soul. So, so the, 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 the round the table conversations, the women rising conversations, you know, we get right to the heart of it. We don't fluff around, right? I mean, meaningful, deep kinds of stuff like this really just feeds me. Yeah. And that's why I love coaching. I mean, it's like, I, you know, we get as much out of our, our clients as they, it, it's a two-way street for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I, well, I've really, really enjoyed this and it's so hard to <laughs> end it, but uh, thank you so much, Joe, for, for your wisdom, for your depth, for your genuinity, for your goodness, for your heart for all you bring and all the lessons that you're teaching us and all the generations to come. So thank you so much. Well, thank you. Thank you both for what you're doing. I mean, I get a lot out of listening to your podcast, which I do on a pretty regular basis. It's, uh, these are the conversations that matter. Love you, Jojo. Love you too. Thank you for listening to the Untaming Femininity podcast. Join our inspiring tribe of women on Facebook to experience a deeper connection with yourself and to feel the empowerment of female solidarity. Tune in next Sunday for your weekly dose of depth, lightness and heartfelt shares.